0: you like grapes, then you'll love Scottish grapes. My family has been unsuccessfully trying to grow grapes on a rocky hillside on the Isle of Mull for generations, but this year, with the help of Mitchell's, and specifically the Mitchell's Death Valley Laser heat lamp, we were able to grow a very, very small number of wrinkly and acidic grapes before the rocky ground was torn apart by the laser. And a corner of the island, and everything my family has ever known sank into the sea. Buy your grapes now at Scottish Grapes. Get your Scottish Grapes dot grape. And if it's not Mitchell's, get back in the truck.
1: and welcome to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast, the number one podcast for those involved or just interested in the production of beef animals and dairy herds. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is the podcast companion to the Beef and Dairy Network website and printed magazine, brought to you by Scottish Grapes and the Mitchell's Death Valley Laser Heat Lamp. Now, like most people, my life is mainly spent in a series of rooms. The bedroom, the bathroom, the kitchen room, But this month I'm going to be spending some more time in the biggest room of all – outside. Because this month is the Bovine Farmers' Union's official Nature Month, and, of course, the natural world lives outside – apart from pets and vermin, who should be destroyed. That's vermin rather than pets, unless you've got one of those dogs that's bitten a kid. The beef industry is, of course, an integral part of nature. Think about what you're doing right now. Whether you're looking at the forest you're currently felling to build pastureland or crop dusting a field with heavy pesticide, that's nature. To help celebrate Nature Month, the Bovine Farmers Union have teamed up with the UK Flora and Fauna Trust to present Field Hour, an event aimed at getting the public engaged with nature.
2: Hello, I'm Anna Lehman. I'm the Outreach Officer for the UK Flora and Fauna Trust.
1: I spoke to Anna about Field Hour, but first I wanted to address the controversy that some of her recent public engagement initiatives have attracted. There's one controversy that I want to start with, Anna. Okay. So this first one, uh, and I, and I assume that you'd you'd categorize this as a, as a as a failure really, was your scheme where and tell me if I've got this wrong, you were encouraging people to defecate directly into a stream or a brook? running water and that was as a way to connect with nature
2: there are lots of reasons for that which i stand by to this day um unfortunately in the west uh, we invented toilets and uh, a really big problem with that is that um your knees aren't elevated you're not squatting you're sitting and it really can wreck your bowels right so to get uh, humans to squat was was really for their own benefit and uh running water you know you're not flushing you're not wasting water and you've got nature's bidet there. So you're, um, you're washing yourself. So there's a lot of great things about uh, running water defecation initiative.
1: And were you leading from the front, so to speak?
2: I would go and watch people do it. I was very much involved. I was there on the sidelines. I was cheering. I was helping people find the right space. But when it comes to it, I don't have the lower body strength to squat in the water for the ne- amount of time it would take me I need a long time to do my business and I can't spend that long out outside particularly in extreme temperatures and the scheme uh, ran throughout the winter.
1: Well that's it and and you know there's there's a v- video I found on YouTube of a retired postman's choir yes who you've got involved with this and they're actually singing Jerusalem yeah while squatting in a free what looks like a freezing river. Mm. Um, several of them keel over and are taken away by the water. I don't know what happened to them.
2: Uh, that was nature's burial. I mean, again, it, it, it was. that's an older uh, demographic. Of the, of the, a lot of them had really given up. This was their final defecation, if we're going to say, and um, and then they let, they let nature take them away. They returned to mother.
1: W- when you said they let nature take them away, you're saying that they planned for that to happen? They knew that was going to happen that morning when they turned up? Or had they just thought, oh, there's this scheme that's being, you know, promoted by the UK Flora and Fauna Trust. I get their monthly newsletter because I give them five pounds a month and get the the free blue tit plush yeah. toy every year. And blah blah yeah. blah. They get the newsletter. They think, well, oh, I, I like getting involved in the stuff. They do. I really enjoyed the wreath making workshop we did last year. Yeah. I really enjoyed the uh, the bat walk. This will just be another thing like that that I can enjoy with my with my friends.
2: Um, we have a we have a asterisk. A tiny star just at the end of a letter on a word in our newsletter and it always says with any initiative if you're past 60 please join us please get involved that this could be the end and knowing that they know what's what they're letting themselves in for and in our team we we know that they are relinquishing control of their survival to the trust and to nature and it can be beautiful it really it when you've watched an old, old man and an old, old woman be swept away. They've been wiped clean, slate empty. So you
1: think there's something beautiful about someone being taken by nature rather than, without becoming too macabre, you know, people mm-hmm. often want to die at home in their bed, for example. That's the, the way people want to go. You you think that that's wrong-headed?
2: Well, um, you know, I'd hate to die in a river having just, you know, absolutely smashed it with my own feces i don't want to die like that but a lot of people do and we've got two tiny stars just at the end of another word on the newsletter and if you follow and you look for the double star at the bottom it will say if you want to die warm in bed with your family don't come on the you know running water defecation scheme this time people change you might reach your late 90s and think i'm going to get involved with that initiative and that's
1: great. Now, I understand, as you say, that you, you don't bear any legal responsibility for what happens uh, yeah. on those trips. Because, as you say, the the asterisk, that, that stands up in court, and did stand up in yeah. court, I believe, yeah. uh, when that was taken to the the highest court in the land, in the end.
2: Which is an honour.
1: And obviously, pre-Brexit, that was the European Court of Human Rights. Yeah. And And you were being tried in the morning, and then that afternoon, they were trying Yugoslavian war criminals. So yes. that really shows... You know, the level of seriousness with, with which
2: this was being taken. It was great because we had a photographer ready, assuming that we would um, w- we would be found not guilty and a, and a tiny vial of poison ready just in case um, it went the other way.
1: Oh, right. So, so you'd planned the uh, dramatic courtroom suicide?
2: Everybody has a different idea of how to go. And that's what I've been trying to say for a little while in, on the, during this chat. And um, I don't want to be, you know, Chitting and getting, you know, taken down a stream to the uh, to the end. um I don't want to be flowing in a river of my own shit towards my own death, but I don't mind the public spectacle. And a law court is a, a space for drama. I don't mind that dramatic end, and it's great publicity for the trust.
1: As I say, you weren't found guilty because of the asterisks on your website yeah. and on the form that people signed. However, the thing that I couldn't quite get my head around was that yes, yeah, sure, those people who had signed up, uh, they. Had sort of signed away their their rights. Yeah. But what about all the people who who lived downstream? Of course, you, mm-hmm. there was the huge outbreak of cholera in Norwich, yeah. which was later tracked back to one of your events where a thousand people all defecated the river at once, creating yeah. this kind of um, toxic serpent, which sort of snaked its way into the water system of Norwich. Yeah. Um, Again, killing hundreds of people is the yeah. you know the kind of cholera we haven't seen since the height of the industrial revolution
2: yeah so what do you want me to say about that
1: well what i'm saying is those those people in norwich you know were just going about their everyday life they didn't see the asterisk they didn't sign up for anything
2: it's really it's really hard humans uh we're we're a wise species we are you know i take i take my hat off to to myself and to all humans but if you turn the tap on and it's brown and it absolutely stinks and you still drink it. Are you helping your own species? I would say you're not. I don't know if you've heard of Charles Darwin.
1: The beak guy.
2: That's exactly it. Survival of the fittest. And um I mean my uh my East Anglian brothers and sisters, I'm sorry. The people that you lost were not helping us, either in East Anglia or um just as an international species. They drank they drank other people's shit. They made a squash out of human
1: excrement. And that was their fault, you're saying? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well it w- it wasn't just that initiative actually that that, that has been controversial. Um I was going to make reference to another one where mm-hmm. and there was less information about this on the on the web, so maybe you can fill me in. Sure. There seemed to be some kind of scheme where primary school age children were taken into woodland yes. by um volunteers from the UK Flora and Fauna Trust. And and there they were Guided to trap, kill, cook, and eat magpies.
2: Yeah. And what was your question? Is sorry.
1: Do you do you not think that was a mistake? I think is is my question.
2: It's oh sorry, Re- you really wound me up because um, it's so annoying to me that we're so. Some people are so, including you, are so precious about um, what animals we eat. You know, oh, if it's a chicken breast and it's refrigerated in Tesco under that horrible plastic coating, you know, then I'll eat it. But we're teaching children, sorry, I'm getting emotional, but we're teaching children survival skills to trap and cook and then consume another animal, Just, which is just as, I mean, it's a bird like a chicken. So why, why we're getting criticism is absolutely beyond me.
1: I think a lot of parents were just concerned about the way that their children had changed when they came back from the course you know i have a a quote here that i found online from an anonymous parent okay um they say my daughter came back from the workshop she was a different person from then on whenever i turned my back she would be straight outside and before i knew it she'd be choking back a magpie she now eats up to 10 magpies a day she doesn't speak to me or her father In fact, the only words she will say to us are, bring the magpies all to me, I will feast on their meat tonight. Okay. So I think you can see how that would be quite distressing for a parent, and how a parent might actually be much more happy with a situation where they don't have to, you know, teach their children how to trap and, and kill their own meat.
2: I don't want to be part of that. I want to kill the magpie. I want to eat the organs while they're still warm. And I don't understand why everybody is always denying themselves the pleasure of trapping and either cooking or making sushi out of whatever beast it is. And I want children to share in that joy. And that's why I have this job.
1: We'll be back to our interview with Anna in a moment, but first, some of your letters this month on the topic of nature. Henry from Cornwall writes As a dairy farmer, I feel closely attached to nature and all its wonders. Yes, cattle are a domesticated animal, and in some ways you could describe that as unnatural, but its link with nature becomes clear when you consider that they are evolved from ancient wild dogs. Uh, Not sure that's quite right, but thank you, Henry. Agatha from Hendon writes, We are too concerned as a society about what we see as natural. Is it natural for us to drink the milk of a cow? No, it isn't, but it's become the cornerstone of our day. Is it natural for us to be able to fly to other countries? No, it isn't, but this happens all the time. Is it natural for us to sleep every night in a bath full of warm, warm hens? No, but I can't sleep any other way. Please help me, Agatha. Thanks for that, Agatha. And if anyone has any words of wisdom for her, uh, do send them in. And finally, Mr. Prince from Gateshead writes, My interest in nature extends to an interest in naturism, which means I spend most days as naked as the day I was born, by which I mean I start the day naked and covered in fluid, then I'm toweled off by a nurse and wrapped in a blanket, and I put on a little knitted hat. Whatever works for you, Alan. Now, back to our interview with Anna Lehman. Okay, well, let's get on to what you're here to talk about. It's a big new initiative, and it's called Field Hour.
2: We've teamed up with the Bovine Farmers Union to create Field Hour, which is a really wicked new scheme. And all we're saying to people is, take an hour out of your day, get yourself into a cow field, any cow field, and just stand there embedded in that gorgeous cow fieldness and write down what you see and uh, send the results to us
1: right so you want people to stand there and just uh, look at what animals and plants they can see and write it all down for you yeah um we've we've been sent a pack here where yes. you, you can tick off the various things you're likely to see yeah. it says here to get a pack they should just go to a almost any petrol station in the uk should be yeah um have these mm-hmm. um it says to I mean, this is, so is this right? You need to buy at least 40 litres of premium and leaded or diesel fuel? Yes. And you'll get one of these? Yep, and you get it for free. What about people who would like to be involved in Field Hour, but who don't have a, a vehicle to, to fill up?
2: You don't need to put the, the petrol, the fuel in, in a car. People are really creative, uh, credit where credit's due, and we've had a lot of people getting down to the petrol stations with their own containers, and they're getting their 40 litres, and uh, they're just taking them with them, to the to the cow field, set it alight, and uh, attracting animals to the plains.
1: Well, um, let's talk about the the actual flora and fauna that that someone might hope to see when they're out doing field hour. Yeah. You know, you say on the pack, you'll be surprised at how much you'll be able to see within an hour. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, when you're walking through the countryside, you see the odd cow, you see the odd bird. Mm. But but how often do we stop and really take stock of what's around us? And I think that this is what this is about, isn't it?
2: It's it's amazing. I re- This is my favourite bit to talk about because I'm really excited to get people excited to just immerse themselves in nature and consume its bounty. Um,
1: Can you give me a specific example of the kind of thing that people might see out, out in the field?
2: So, if the cow field is near running water, again, you might see another human, which is not fauna, but another human defecating. Or you might see on a river bank um, a delicious water bowl, which is exciting. And um, Aaron, you say,
1: you say, um, you say delicious water vole.
2: No, I said water bowl.
1: No, you definitely said delicious. It just sounded, it sounded to me like you were sort of saying that people would... um. Or that you have eaten a water bowl at some time to know that it's delicious or not?
2: No. I'm I'm not saying that. I, what I'm saying is if you wanted to eat a water bowl, you don't even need much, tiny camping stove, boil it up, wrap it in a dock leaf, eat it. Um,
1: just, just, to be, just to be clear, are you recommending people boil a water bowl? Is that what you're saying?
2: No. Because
1: when it, before you said consume nature's bounty, and I thought that was like a sort of metaphor for, you know... Taking in the wonder of nature, but I'm an
2: outreach officer. My job's not to tell people what to do or not to do.
1: Okay, well let's let's talk about other animals you might come across. Yeah. Is there anything that you you know need to be careful of? Obviously, you know cows can be spooked and they can run at you, and that's obviously yeah. very dangerous. Could you come across, I don't know, um what if you disturbed a, a badger's set? Is yes, angry badgers. Do you
2: need to be careful? Very tough little things. And if you come across one, I would say, don't worry, don't panic. It's all about slow roast. So take them back home, pluck them low and slow in the oven. Done.
1: Sorry. I didn't mean... Are you saying that, again, it sounds like you're recommending people cook cook them and then eat them? Is that... I sort of meant, like, what's the problem? You know, if you come across a badger, is there... Might it bite you? Your answer was... Roast
2: it, I think. Yeah. They're tough. Often they're riddled with TB. It's difficult. But 100 degrees, eight hours, the tastiest, softest thing you can imagine. Like eating the softest mattress, eating nature's duvet. So
1: the pack doesn't mention eating anything. So the pack says just write down and you know make a list of all the animals you see. Yeah. Oh, look, there's a buzzard. Oh, look, there's a field mouse. Oh, look, there's a... There's no mention here about Cooking or eating anything?
2: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mention it.
1: What do you mean you 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 literally gave out a recipe for cooking a badger at 100 degrees? No, which which for me also sounds far too low. You need more heat than that. You just need to give enough time. Isn't it going to dry out though if you're if it's in the oven for eight hours?
2: Marinade. So, firstly, I'm not telling anybody to eat a badger. That is absolutely ridiculous. I'm saying if you have one in the oven at 100, olive oil salt lemon and its own juices eight hours
1: covered or uncovered
2: cover it you need to cover it that will increase the pressure within the badger's body to cook it and it will cook out the tv
1: well well it's um i think the listeners will make up their own minds as to whether they want to be involved in that but um i will be doing my field hour later today so um i guess wish me luck
2: good luck and um let me know if you uh, want any advice on condiments
1: Thanks to Anna Lehman for speaking to me. Subsequent to recording that interview, the UK Flora and Fauna Trust got in contact and asked me to read the following statement. We wish to make it clear that the UK Flora and Fauna Trust is dedicated to the conservation of Britain's flora and fauna, and so we do not recommend that you should eat wildlife. However, we do understand that there are certain extreme life-and-death situations in which consuming a woodland creature, for example a badger, may be unavoidable. Before you put the banter in the oven, crank it up as high as it will go, which means that when it goes in, you can really crisp up that skin. Then turn it down to 100 degrees C, that's 210 Fahrenheit, to get that meat going low and slow. When the meat slips from the bone, serve in a toasted brioche bun with rustic slaw, pickled onions, a fried egg, and a bit of punchy horseradish jam. Pair with a dry or semi-dry New World White and share with a loved one by candlelight. After dinner, put on a movie, An Early career Hanks, maybe big or a league of their own. Open another bottle of white wine and reminisce about holidays that you've enjoyed together. Remember that time you were in Portugal and you saw a man getting kicked in the face by a donkey? I wonder how he is these days. I wonder how that affected him long-term. More after this. Businesses have had to be flexible this year, from working remotely to pivoting their business models for long-term survival. For example, performing arts companies are streaming stage shows, musicals and symphony concerts online, and brands are spending more on e-commerce advertising due to projected rising online sales. If you're in charge of hiring for your business, these pivots have made your job even more challenging. Thankfully, there's one place that you can count on to make hiring easier, ziprecruiter.com slash beef. ZipRecruiter's technology finds the right people for your job and invites them to apply. It's no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ziprecruiter.com slash beef. That's ziprecruiter.com slash beef.
0: Hi, I'm Bez. And I'm Teresa. And we're the hosts of One Bad Mother, a podcast about parenting. Parenting is hard. And we have no advice, but we do see you doing it. Honk if you like to do it. <laughs> what was, didn't we have a bumper sticker a while back that was like, yeah. "Honk if you did it"? That's what it I was. think. It was "Honk if you're doing it." <laughs> <laughs> Why did we not ever make those? those we did make life. them.
2: I did think they? they're
0: still in the Max Fun store. <laughs>
2: Honk, honk,
0: you're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Viz. So are you. Each week, we'll be here to remind you that you're doing a good job. You can find us on MaximumFun.org. Honk, honk, toot, toot.
1: Having heard all about Field Hour from Anna, it was time for me to go and do it. Right, so I've found my spot at the corner of this lovely field and uh, I'm going to be here for the next hour spotting the uh, wildlife that will no doubt show itself. Let the games commence! Okay, number one. I've seen a crow. I've only been here less than two minutes and I've already seen a crow. This is a great start. approaching me now are well they're not they're not fauna it's a, it's a group of four or five um, young I guess teenagers uh, in tracksuits and um, they have got that threatening way about them you know that teenagers have I'm trying to be the big man uh, hello hello there He's called me a wanker. Right, they've broken into a run, so um, I'm just going to, yeah, I think I better get moving. Gate. <laughs> okay. Yeah, very threatening demeanour, uh, and. It looks like they've, um... What I didn't realise is one of them's got a quad bike, so... The situation's escalated somewhat. I'm just going to keep... Keep my distance and just break into a little run here. I think, um... I think field hour is probably officially cancelled. I've, I, I think I've lost the teenagers now. They've uh, got bored. They've they've had their fun. The uh, only problem is now I'm. Uh, I really don't know which direction I'm facing. I uh, don't know where the car is. Yes, yeah, so I'm lost. Okay, I've been lost now for four hours. I can't bring myself to tell you what I've just eaten. Uh, Let's just say the beak was the hardest bit. uh, Followed closely in second place by the black and white feathers. Really, really nasty. Do not feel good after eating the the magpie. Yes, it was a magpie. Don't feel good at all. Bit of a temperature, I think. Um, and a pressing need to shit. Maybe I shouldn't have eaten it. I I, I panicked. So I'm. Still very much lost, but I've found this um, this small, fast-running brook. I do need to go. When you need to go, you need to go, you know, nature is calling. So I think this is the place. Yes, I think this is probably a a trousers-off job. So uh, here we go. I've just got back out of the river, and someone has um, stolen my trousers. Someone's stolen my trousers, so I assume it's the teenagers. I assume this is their idea of fun. I can't see them, I assume they're hiding in a nearby bush. Um, If you can hear me! This isn't clever! I'm now trouserless! I'm a grown man, lost in the wilderness, and I'm trouserless, so please! They're not your trousers. Come on, you've had your fun. You've had your fun. Laugh it up. Sure, laugh it up. But you've had your fun now. Bring my trousers back. My trousers. My trousers. Please. Sam Hi, um, Dr Archer, it's the host of the Beef and Dairy Network podcast.
0: Oh, is
1: that okay? Uh, look, I'm not sure. Um, it's a long story, but um, I've eaten a magpie. Is that okay? Oh, um, I-
0: I'm going to be honest with you,
1: I-, I don't think it is, no. Oh, no. Okay, I don't, okay. Feel, I don't feel great, Dr Sam, so that's why I'm calling. Okay.
0: Have you have you heard the magpie rhyme? That one for sorrow, two for joy, three for a girl, four for a boy.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Right. Okay. I mean, so that that's where you're at at the minute. You've eaten one magpie, and it's one for sorrow.
1: Oh, I am I am experiencing sorrow. Right. I, I'm not sure. I like where this is going.
0: I mean, if, if I had to give you a piece of medical advice, it would be I think um, you need to eat another magpie.
1: Oh, is there any shortcuts to that? Because the first one was really hard work. Especially the beak area... Um... I mean, on the plus side,
0: once you finish the second magpie, you will, uh, you will experience joy. So, uh, I guess, if you power through, you've got that sort of feeling of elation to look forward to.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Okay, well, you know, you're the doctor. Yeah. Okay. Um, before I go, second question. How long yeah. can a man survive in the wilderness without any trousers?
0: Um, are you aware of the rule of three? So basically, that is—you'll uh, survive three weeks without food, three days without water, and three hours without trousers.
1: I didn't know about the the trousers bit of that.
0: Yeah, they're essential. They're essential for survival.
1: Oh God. Okay. Well, the clock's ticking. Um, I'd better get going. Thank you. Thank you, Doctor Archer. Godspeed. Okay. I'm. I'm about to a metre and a half from a magpie. Banty. realised now that I was hiding behind my trousers you know, I was my trousers we are our trousers, but sometimes you have to take the trousers off or someone has to take those trousers from you more more realistically because you're not going to give them up on your own accord, but I think as a society you know, we're protected we're coddled by our trousers and I know that now and and I will never wear trousers again. Yeah. Well probably to wed I'll wear them to weddings and things. Course appearances. But in general I'll, I'll sort of try and cut down. Uh, maybe just wear shorts or some sort of kilt. You know, I feel freedom, you know, that I feel free. Oh, I do wish I was wearing trousers, though. It's fucking freezing. Bring the magpies all to me. I shall feast on their meat. <laughs> Emergency. Which service do you require? Um. Okay. Uh, uh. Definitely mountain rescue for a kick-off. Um. I'll have an ambulance as well, if possible. Uh. Probably the police. Yeah. Uh. And I think. Yeah. I think that'll do.
0: What's your emergency?
1: Okay, so uh, I'm, I'm lost in the wilderness, uh, and some teenagers have stolen my trousers, uh, right. and I've, I've eaten uh, two magpies. Uh, okay, is that all of it? Uh, what do you mean, is that all of it? I'm, I'm lost in the I'm literally minutes from death, you know? I've not got any That's trousers right. on, and it's freezing, so... Okay,
0: all right, okay.
1: Maybe uh, you could send a helicopter or something, that'd be useful.
0: Could you tell us your location,
1: please? I'm lost in the wilderness! That's the whole point, is I don't know my location. Can't you... You can do your thing where you um, you can track my phone, can't you?
0: Well, you, uh, yeah, we can. But could you just not look on Google Maps? I can't... I'm,
1: I'm in a life and death situation here. My hands are shaking too much to, to use Google Maps. OK,
0: fine. All right, uh, well, we're tracking you now... Uh... It says here
1: that you're less than 20 metres from a Burger King. Am I? Yes. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Great. Okay. Whoa. Okay. Well, um, that's a stroke of luck, isn't it? So, um... I guess you can call off the mountain rescue guys and the... Yep. Yeah. The, I don't need anyone, I don't think. And um, okay. I'm off for a, for a whopper, I guess. You're a whopper, mate. Thank you. <laughs> so if you're interested in field hour and it's a great way to keep the kids quiet for an hour, or in my case, nine, just pick up a pack from your nearest petrol station. So, that's all we've got time for this month, but if you're after more beef and dairy news, get over to our website now, where you can read all the usual stuff, as well as our off-topic section, where this month we talk pensions with John McEnroe. So, until next time, beef out. Thanks to Amy Hoggett, Tom Crowley, Tom Neenan, and Alistair Satchel. Hi, it's me, Dave Hill, from before. Here to tell you about my brand new show on Maximum Fun, the Dave Hill Good Time Hour, which combines my old Maximum Fun show, Dave Hill's podcasting incident, with my old radio show, the... Sam Dave Hill Show into one new futuristic program from the future. If you like delightful conversation with incredible guests, technical difficulties, and actual phone calls from real-life listeners, you've just hit a street called easy. I'm also joined by my incredible co-host, the boy criminal Chris Gersbeck. Say hi, Chris. Hey, Dave. It's really great
2: That's to... enough,
0: Chris. And New Jersey chicken rancher, Des. Say hi, Des. Hey, Dave. The Dave Hill Good Time Hour. Brand new episodes every Friday on Maximum Fun. Plus,
1: the show's not even an hour. It's 90 minutes. Take that, stupid rules. We nailed it.
0: MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.